I'm your host, Henrietta Barker, and welcome to the Assistant Stories podcast. This podcast exists to inspire, educate, and share fascinating stories from assistants. Each week, I'm sitting down with amazing guests who share with me so much about the work that they do and their careers. We speak about the challenges that they've faced, the setbacks, the triumphs, and the impact that their work has to the people they support. Each assistant that I speak with shares such unique insights into their lives. I have loved speaking with all of them and I hope you enjoy listening to their stories as much as I have. In today's episode, I'm talking to the incredible Amy Brown, also known as the Mindful Assistant. Amy is an executive assistant to a CEO and has an exciting and varied career path. In this candid interview, Amy shares how she became an assistant, how she developed her career, her subsequent burnout, and the incredible journey that led her to become a super successful coach for assistants. Her inspiring story shows just how far she has come professionally and personally, and how she's helped so many people along the way. More detail about Amy's events are up later in the show, but do make sure that you keep listening because Amy has generously offered a 10% discount on her eight-week group coaching program specifically designed for assistants. Um, The discount applies only for Assistant Stories listeners, so please do make sure that you listen all the way through to the end. excited to find out more about the Mindful Assistant, about your career and what you've been doing. So thank you very, very much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. You've been one of my avid followers since the start on Instagram, since it all began. And it's such a joy to finally get to speak to you today. So uh, yeah, thanks so much. I know, I really have. I've loved watching everything that you've been doing and every kind of bit of positivity and excitement about what you're doing really comes through. Um, on all your social and I think wow. that it's kind of infectious you're so positive you're so open and you're so enthusiastic about what you're doing I think I don't I just can't see how anyone can be kind of interested and attracted to what you've got to offer and I kind of wanted to start with finding out a bit about how you got into becoming an assistant and about your career just a bit of background for everyone yeah sure um so I I left school in the millennium my GCSEs and I think at that time nobody really knew what they wanted to do when they left school I think it was that right you either do travel and tourism or you do sport, <laughs> you do sports and leisure in college like or unless you wanted to do something like I don't know be a doctor like a real profession that you had your heart set on so I had no idea what I wanted to do at that point which uh, having a 15 year old son you know I'm, I'm realizing that again that it's quite a difficult process so mm. um yeah I went to college started my traveling tourism and then one night I met my husband um our eyes met across the club and <laughs> we literally fell in love um it was like love at first sight so um from that day we spent every single day together and um 
yeah my, my studies sort of fell by the wayside and we did I remember doing this section on uh how much you earn in travel and tourism and yeah. the hours that you had to work like being mm-hmm. there for whatever it was and I'm sure it's a fantastic career if that's your passion but I was like oh man this is not for me um so I decided that I was leaving and I was going to get a job yeah. So I could I could be with my husband. I could be with my <laughs> husband, or who, or who wasn't my husband at that time. Obviously, I was seventeen. Um, but I could spend more time with my boyfriend and work at the same time. So managed to get a job as an office junior relatively quick. Um, my first salary was seven and a half thousand pounds, and I thought yeah. that was like whoa, um, <laughs> and thought that was so much. Um, but you did. We get all to, did. You didn't get taxed on it then, right? Because it was only the tax bracket, and yeah. I got paid by check. Um, I feel really old. I feel really old saying that. But yeah, I did. Um, I joined a really small startup company. Um, it was like web design and search engine optimization, which was like really new at that point. Um, and because it was such a small business, I got to have a dabble in everything, I suppose. So the invoicing, the the search engine stuff, the running of the office, um, sales calls, which I couldn't stand. That was awful. <laughs> that was my worst nightmare. Welcome to my world, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just got to learn um, a bit of everything. And I think it gave me a really good grounding, actually. And I realised, oh, my God, I, I think I'm really good at this. Yeah. Um, so I left there and went and got a job as an assistant to a PA. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was one of the biggest manufacturers in Leicester, and it was a family-run business. Um, they were manufacturing for the likes of M&S and stuff like that. Um, and the chairman, um, he was called the chairman, but actually was like a managing director role. He was like, um, he's such a lovely guy, but he was like really ruddy-faced, and he'd have little like little rages, and he was known to be quite a difficult character. Yeah, uh, and. I was probably there like a couple of months and the PA walked out. Um, they had a disagreement. She walked out. Uh, her husband came in to like punch the managing director. No. <laughs> he didn't. It was like this big thing. I was like, oh my God, like what have I walked into? But um, anyway, she left under a, under a cloud and um, his wife used to be an assistant in London. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I guess they saw something in me and I stepped into her role and I was probably... 18 18 or 19 at that time um so yeah with her support I stepped into those shoes and actually I see I don't know what's wrong with me I find those characters like a real challenge like I really love to get under their skin and understand why they are the way they are and um I've never ever let behavior like that phase me yeah Um, you know he, he never it was never directed at me personally ever I could just tell that it was I don't know. I think I just had that intuition, even at that age, yeah. that he was clearly under a lot of pressure. Um, but yeah, those were the good old days when you used to sort of like print all the emails out and go in <laughs> one by one, and yeah. um, you know, a lot of filing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was a really great role, um, and they were a lovely family to work for. But unfortunately, um, you know, the labour costs and stuff like that were too high in the UK, and everybody started to move manufacturing abroad. Um, so, yeah, that was my assistant PA role. Then what did I do after? I I had my, we had our first son mm-hmm. when I was 20. So when I was qu- quite young and people are like, oh my God, shock horror. Um, actually, we were, in, we were in love when we are in love. And um, we wanted to have children young to 
make the most of our lives with them. And, you know, I've never stopped working. Like I've always worked full time, mm-hmm. uh, which has definitely had, you know, I've definitely had that bit of mum guilt and stuff while I've been working. But yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah. So I took I took a little bit of time out. I just worked at a local council um, sort of with uh, flexi times just to make it a little bit easier whilst I had my son and then decided mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to being an assistant because that was my my true love yeah um so by which time I the family that I used to work for had moved manufacturing out to Sri Lanka so they just had a really small office now in the UK so I got back in touch with them and I went back as his PA and sort of ran the office in the UK and they were then became expats so I ran like their household um and I had the opportunity to go out to Sri Lanka um, wow. it, it was a really amazing experience um so that yeah that was that was fantastic and oh, that's then, brilliant yeah that's it was amazing it sounds like such a cool role and like you know the evolution of like your abilities and skills within it must have been so huge coming from like an assistant to a PA to then running their households and you know managing all of the London kind of you know base it's a really really incredible job yeah, it was when I look back now, like at the time, I don't know, it just, it felt, I think easy, so like, I don't think it, it was easy, but it it, it went with ease. So yeah. I didn't ever remember thinking, oh my God, this is a massive stretch for me. It just felt like it was a natural, um, I just had that natural ability. And I definitely think that's one of the things that um, many assistants have. Um, Definitely. Just have this natural ability to pick things up and when you're chucked in the deep end like I was when the PA walked out yeah you just kind of you just kind of do like you never know as a PA what you're going to be given anyway on any any day and no. you just say yes and then you figure it out we're so resourceful so yeah, I went over to Shanka, which was incredible. And then I sort of moved on to, um, I was assistant to the vice president of the UK and Ireland for this plastic pipe company. Um, it, it was the UK leader in underfloor heating. Wow. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, the project wasn't anything to uh, get me excited about. Although I did <laughs> learn how to lay underfloor heating. Um, oh my god that's really hard I definitely I don't know if I could have actually put it into into practice but yeah it was a <laughs> it was a skill I picked up nonetheless um, <laughs> so yeah that was a really great experience and then uh where else did I go after that oh so then I had I moved on to this position oh my god so I went to work for um this massive uh, multi-conglomerate guy uh, company and yeah he was he apparently had like a PA in India and then a PA in the UK and right. I was going to run like his UK businesses like support him with his UK businesses and the interview process was hideous um, <laughs> it was sort of like 15k more than I was earning then and I thought like oh my god this is the ultimate position you know this is really going to put me into that next level and stuff like that um so yeah I got the job and it was the most awful job <laughs> ever <laughs> ever oh, no. oh my god so Why? I think it was more of a status thing um to have an assistant I didn't right. end up working for him I ended up working for his daughter 
um, who was fresh out of nappies and had little or no respect for me at all. Um, I would go into the office and they would just, um, it would be her and a couple of other colleagues and they would speak in a different language in front of me, laughing, um, which made me feel awful. Oh, that's horrible. Um, Yeah, they, they would... I would have nothing to do most of the day and I'd be sort of asking for stuff and trying to find opportunity or gaps for me to get work so I cannot stand being bored or fed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they just didn't want to give me anything until it was about five to five and I had to go home. And then they dream up all these trips uh, or I remember they wanted me to make uh, get sourced like um you know like a bust um of her father and yeah get it made in pottery or something yeah um and they wanted me to get it sourced and um and made up but they'd give me these things at five to five at night because they didn't want me to go home and I'd have to ask for permission to go home and then none of these things that I'd spent hours over, like working over my hours none of the things would ever come to fruition so I'd like oh, plan out all these horrible. trips that they wouldn't even take oh that's really demoralizing isn't it it, it was so awful. unkind it was really an awful experience and I think that's the first time I experienced anxiety actually they had a staff nurse on um, right and I remember her taking my blood pressure and like my symptoms and stuff thinking because I just I've never dreaded going into work I love being an assistant um and that was such an awful experience and I was so worried at that time that you know what if I leave it's going to be really detrimental um yeah to my 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 CV uh, and what people going to think of me when I go for interviews Mm -hmm. um but I knew that things weren't going to change and that I wasn't prepared to um be treated that way so it's so good that you had the kind of the self-awareness at that point to know that it wasn't you because that can often other people's behavior and situations like that can often have such a negative effect on your confidence that you don't know how to move forward or realize that it's an external thing that's happening Mm. it's really quick kind of deterioration in situations like that isn't it because the balance of power is off in the sense that it's not necessarily a completely equal balance of, of uh, you know, kind of, of ability to manage your time. And so if they're putting that kind of pressure on you, how do you think you manage to cope with it? Goodness. I, I, did you not initially? You <laughs> I'm know, not sure we've I all did. Been there. I just kind of kept trying to show up with energy um, to yeah find opportunity and in the end I was just I was just so bored I just had to just show up I just had to keep showing up until I made that decision that no that things aren't going to change and then your energy switches to right I've got to focus my energy into finding something else and knowing that there's something better and this this situation is temporary yeah Um, absolutely yeah things there are other things and you know after you do speak to recruiters um, they do tell you that you know um, it's not the end of the world like you've got a really good record of experience yeah. um, this is a, a mishap or it could be dressed up as a temp position or mm-hmm. you know there's always options and yeah. uh, I'll tell you uh, I did exactly the same thing um, further on in my career which I'll tell you about as well so I've actually made these mistakes twice 
but yeah. you make these mistakes and you learn <laughs> you learn from them so Completely. yeah so I did I did three months there and then I found my um my absolute love like an amazing position I went to next and I worked for the product director of next home and that was an amazing time I was there for I think it was about seven and a half years uh, my director absolutely saw the value in me and my role and encouraged me so much to be an active part of the management team and um, to he valued my opinion not only as a consumer but as an assistant and that I should speak up in meetings um, and not just be there to, you know, sort of just take notes. Yeah. Um, I had a team there. Um, so I was doing performance management and I really, really embraced that role. Like, I think it's really amazing to be able to work with um, assistants, like new and developing assistants and help them grow um, in the business. And I learned a lot about myself at that time. And, and doing that because yeah I'm sure. as an assistant you want total control <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> that's the dream <laughs> but in order to help them grow I needed to delegate and relinquish that control so yeah. um that was quite a tough lesson to learn but yeah that was an amazing I'm uh, I'm really talking quite a lot aren't I sorry everyone no I um, love it <laughs> that's what everybody wants to know they want to understand what it's what it's been like and where you are you know where you how you've got to where you are now I think those kind of roles where you start to be given the freedom to participate in a different way rather than um you know not you know just attend the meeting but to really kind of bring your own insight into a situation they're really those are kind of seem to be when I speak to assistants the game changer for them where they understand a different um, part of their role and how they can contribute in a different way. Do yeah. you think that that was the job that gave you that kind of exposure and confidence in a different direction? Oh, absolutely. Knowing that I could speak up and they wanted me, they wanted to hear my voice, they wanted to hear what I had to say and know that um, they, yeah, they valued what I had to say. I mean, it was really difficult at first. I remember feeling sick thinking, oh, I've got an idea for this or there's something I want to say and I just I didn't dare say it and then someone one of the bloody managers would say it and I'm like oh for god's sake I should have spoke up so that happened quite a lot or I'd speak and I'd be like I feel like my chest burning you know on the outside when you go all red red and yes I was like oh my god but the more you the more you do it and get yourself out there the, the easier it gets for sure um and you know what if it doesn't if it if it, I, I just make a joke of it now if there's something I say and it's it's not relevant or it's just I've totally missed the point I'm like oh my god tumbleweed or um, yeah. but I see my own directors do it like oh my god have I totally missed the point or whatever it is like yeah of course it happens to all of to us it. absolutely absolutely it's not the end of the world is it but like you said it takes some practice to start to feel confident about just being able to say your thoughts around something. And it's great you had the opportunity to kind of start that process because it keeps, carries on forever, doesn't it? It doesn't stop. <laughs> like that oh, no, right absolutely not. And I think sometimes as well, if you are in those meetings and things and you there is there are things that you don't understand. Like I always check in with some of the people that are in the meeting that do after. Yeah. 
like, help me understand that. Like, why did I miss that point? Like, or even, and even with minutes and stuff like that, I totally still do that now. Like, oh, I, I understood this, but have I grasped that right? Yeah. Uh, like, help me understand, help me learn. Because we're not all experts in, it's quite difficult for an assistant, especially if you flip into a different industry. So when I, I flipped after Next, I went to a different role. And it was a completely different industry. They've got new acronyms. They've got this lingo. They start in the middle of conversations that you've no idea what the hell they're talking about. And you're supposed to take action. So you're like, whoa. So you need confidence sometimes to speak up and go and repeat. Go, so is this is this the action? Yeah. Or is this what you meant? Like, of course. And know that it's okay to speak up so that you you can still do the best job that you can do so that's yeah finding your voice in those in those uh instances it can be really really tricky it's really tricky in a real and a real journey and it it evolves um depending on what forum you're in for sure yeah of course um so yeah my, my time at next was amazing um loads of like event managing I did the departmental budgets the fam- the next home department were like my family like incredible buyers and amazing products as I'm sure you know and yeah. the guy that I worked for was um super special um and we are very much in touch now which is amazing um so yeah that was next and then I decided obviously um I'll touch on the mental health side of things after I've finished my lengthy version of my career history (laughs) no it's brilliant (laughs) it's great um so yeah after I had a burnout towards the end of my time at next and um, I don't know after I came back from um, my sick leave my director was retiring anyway in a few months and I I don't know I felt like I needed I needed a change um it just felt like quite a pivotal time Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I went for this position outside of Next, this senior executive assistant role. It was in um, yeah, a different industry and it was supposed to be more strategic um, and more like project management and um, yeah, just quite a different role, but still an executive assistant. Um, yeah. So I started there and yeah. The vibe, Did it not go well? The vibe just wasn't right for me. I wasn't feeling the culture. Yeah. Um, and again, they didn't know how to use me. So I had sessions that I'm like trying to educate them. I can do this. I can do that. If you just, uh, you have to give a certain amount to, yeah. to educate me in this industry or educate me in how you work in order for me to do my the job in the right way. Yeah. Um and we had numerous conversations like that. Um, but they really just wanted me to schedule meetings. But then they would tell me how to do it. And yeah, teaching me how to suck, suck eggs. I thought, I'm going to have to go and show them my CV again. Um, yeah. I'll just clarify what I can do for you again. Yeah. <laughs> before you get me to do something different. Oh, so frustrating. It's I, really, really irritating. It must have been awful. It was awful. And I was in this office with no windows. And a lot of the directors would just work from home. So yeah. I was in there on my own and oh, with nothing to do. I read a whole, yeah, yeah. I read a whole book one day <laughs> because I couldn't find anything else to, to do. I was scavenging around for work. I hate, I hate being bored. Uh, most assistants love, love, love just like that buzz of, you know, 
going from one thing to the next and yeah oh, that's just what we absolutely love so again I had to make that decision like oh my god and the same things came up for me like is this going to be detrimental to my career and da, 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 da. but what that what that experience showed me was that retail was my love like yeah. We are very lucky as assistants that we can transfer between different industries. Sure. Like we can work as a private PA, as a celeb PA, as a in in if we're into beauty, we can work for the most amazing beauty brand. If we love clothing or interiors or um, you know, if you love numbers, like we're yeah. so lucky that we can go into any industry. And I think that's really incredible. There are, I can't I can't think of one of the role potential that can flip around and be as immersed in an industry as we can I completely agree and kind of access to the real inner workings of it as well yeah you know and the kind of on the ground how people are making things how they're running their business you know the information and the understanding is just so broad isn't it when I speak to people about what they've learned in their roles and and how they apply that you know even in their own lives it's just incredible the kind of information that you you know you kind of get and the immersion into a business it's it's a real kind of privilege in one way isn't oh, it absolutely that, and you know, you're working with the most powerful people in those yeah in those departments as well like you cut across everything yeah. I got involved in people in budgets and events in the making of our brochures in um goodness yeah just yeah. just so so much and it is so absolutely fantastic. yeah and it's so fun because no day is ever the same it's just so so brilliant so yeah I think although I had these little hiccups and those these experiences um as my one of my favorite sayings is you grow through what you go through and mm-hmm. it taught me a lesson that retail is where I love to be it's I love being around product and just the pace of retail is amazing um so I thought right I need to find a retail role um and you know after I came out of um next my mum said to me um after I suffered my burnout Amy why why do you want to push yourself further why do you why don't you want to stay in your comfort zone you know you know next so well and it was just around the corner um, and it was a really good it was a good salary uh where I was and you know wonderful company to work for great benefits and all of that why can't you just stay there like that's just not me mom (laughs) I don't care if I've been a bit mental like it doesn't stop me wanting to be ambitious like that's not why why these things happen like I still want to push myself further so I found um I found a role in Birmingham so I live in Leicester um and the work stores who I work for currently um their support center is based uh just on the outskirts of Birmingham in a place called Colesall so and I live on the outskirts of Leicestershire so actually it's about a 45 to 50 minute drive where at next it's seven minutes around the corner it took me half an hour just to get out the frigging car park so (laughs) you know it's not too bad and I think my family get a better version of me now I work further away than when they did before because I just yeah I love my commute time like yeah, I'll tell you about yeah that what do you do on your commute time oh, it's my favorite it's my absolute favorite so I listen to podcasts um yeah like yours Henrietta thank you yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I've always I'm always on my Instagram like sharing like oh my god I listened to this today this episode yeah. is fab like 
I really like to consume content that I can learn from, always learning, want to learn, um, and be inspired by um, and empower um, because I I love it for myself, but I also like to share it with um, yeah. the people that I'm working with and everybody that follows me. Um, you know, if they don't give themselves that time, then I can give it to them on social. <laughs> so you, um, also, if you've then got that kind of commute time, then you consistently know that you've got the space to kind of to 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 find out more about what other people are doing and how they cope with situations and to learn and to bring kind of more value to other people if you know so I know short commutes are great but it doesn't always give you the space and time in the day no. to have that does it and no. to give yourself that time which seems really incredible I think it's really important actually just so it it differs on me um by different days depending on how I'm feeling so yeah. some days I will just chat to um I've got like a, a load of people that I know are up at that time of morning <laughs> so <laughs> I'll check in with them um and yeah just have a have a really nice uh, bright and energetic chat um, yeah I I'm nauseatingly um bright in the morning I love the morning <laughs> so I it's the best time or I listen to podcasts or audio books um and then sometimes do you know what I just want to sing at the top of my voice yeah <laughs> so I have um, dream. I love that I've got like a power playlist I call it so like all my favorite songs that create really great energy for me and um like the greatest showman I'm always banging on about and if you come to one of my events like I'm always got the music on um (laughs) it just fills my heart with joy and um so I just sing that at the top of my voice yeah um uh, yeah and then sometimes I just have music in the background because my head is so full of ideas I'm super passionate about my work and my mindful assistant work um I am about the work's work as well, but it doesn't it doesn't rely on having so many ideas. Um, yeah. So yeah, when I've, I'm in ideas mode, I sort of just yeah be thinking all the way to work, and then when I get in the car park, I'm like scribbling stuff down. So yeah, it just depends on what mood I'm in, really. But I really, really value my commute time, especially on the way home. You know, just having that time to wind down um, and just spend some time for myself, really. And then I'm like, I'm into mum mode when I get through the door. Then. Yeah, it gives a distinction, doesn't it, between kind of two different roles and yeah. and some space to, before you go back into a different, you know, scenario and being at home and focusing on other people in a different way. Yeah. But I wonder, I wanted to, you mentioned earlier about your burnout when you were at Next. Mm-hmm. Are you happy to talk a bit more about that and what happened? Yeah. As you know, I totally put every part of me out on my Instagram. Yeah, so exactly. when I started that, I wanted it to be relatable and I wanted other assistants to know that what goes on in your head probably goes in 99% of the other heads of assistants. Yeah. Um, and it is okay to be yeah. vulnerable and to be thinking the things that you are. So, um, yeah, when it happened, um, gosh, I had I had no idea. Like, I didn't really even know what anxiety was at that time. I sort of heard about stress at work. But, yeah, I just thought that... I don't know I just thought that this this was it this is just normal um, yeah you know but I noticed that I was turning up to meetings or I'd be in a conversation with my boss about something 
Um, and it'd be something I was just getting like really annoyed about things. I was being getting really irritable. Um, I found that my tension in my shoulders and my neck was just agony. Um, but my emotions when I was in the meetings or having them conversations, like God, my emotions were bubbling at the surface, like yeah. all the time. All the time. All yeah. the time. Someone only asked, had to be really nice to me and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to cry. Like, why am I crying? And I think my boss, my boss definitely noticed it in me. Um, I think the breaking point was um, we had an event to organise and I had to work with the management team at that time. And um, I, I think I drove their behaviours in the way that I am in terms of the fact that I always need control. And mm -hmm. so they knew that if they didn't do it, I would because yeah. I wanted to do it. So my yes. shoulders were getting broader and I was taking on more and more and more. And it came to this event and um, they hadn't prepared enough for the content, for the presentation. We went to the venue and we were trying to do the run-throughs and the slides were just a mess. But I couldn't have... So they had to put the content in and I was sort of just going to do the nice bit and tidy it up yeah. and all the animations and all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, But I couldn't get to that point because they just weren't being organised and I was trying my damnedest. Yeah. But it just wasn't coming together. And then, you know, they're, as they're running through it, it was changing and moving. And, oh, my God, that was like, I, I remember just feeling physically sick thinking, oh, my God, the event tomorrow is getting later and later. These slides aren't done yet. Um, I remember we had a table plan and then I printed it and done it and you know table plans are an absolute bitch like any yeah they're horrible that. yeah <laughs> and um and then they freaking changed it all at the last minute again which meant I had to change get the venue to change all the seating you know it just felt like it was one thing after yeah. another all Never the ending. hard work and preparation that I'd done to ensure that it was seamless was yeah. now being disrupted and I couldn't deal with that. I couldn't deal with things feeling out of control mm -hmm. um, because I was an absolute perfectionist. Um, and so everyone, one by one, the slides sort of got to a place where they were happy with them. But one by one, they left. And it was about flipping eight o'clock at night. And yeah. I just felt physically sick, like couldn't breathe or anything. Um, and my director was like is there anything I can do to help I'm like no it just needs tidying up there is no way I'm putting you in front of them slides like yeah I can't I just can't and the thing is everyone in that department which was about 180 people knew that it was my I, I took it like they knew it was my work yeah even though they it was my stuff on the screen but they didn't know the backstory to it so I was taking that like oh my god that was just the worst moment and I so sat there horrible. till like midnight in this dark room doing these slides and I left and I sobbed I mean sobbed yeah all the way home and even when I got home it's a 20 minute drive I sobbed some more yeah of course um and yeah that was that was the real start I think like um my director I spoke to my director and I was like you know what I don't want to work here anymore that has really done me um I felt I had the rug pulled out of me on every opportunity and da, 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 da. and actually it was me it was me it was all about how I was feeling and how I handled that situation and um he said to me Amy you've really lost your sparkle um I, I just think I think you should go to the doctors yeah but well 
you know, why, why can't I cope? There's plenty of women who are assistants, who work full time, who've got children. Like, mm-hmm. why can't I cope? I can't possibly show anyone that I feel so weak and I feel like an absolute failure. Like, why can't I keep myself together? Why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, really awful kind of realisation that, why am I not invincible? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. I why can't I do everything? And also, you know, like when you're kind of going along that career trajectory and you're doing so well and you're bringing so much to it and you have so much enthusiasm for what you do, how do you find yourself, you know, in that kind of situation where your greatest strengths of being diligent and, you know, working well under pressure and knowing how to kind of get things done and sort things out become the things that kind of rule you and then you can't seem to catch a break from your own emotional perspective of it it must have been so painful it was like torture because all I wanted to do was do an amazing job but by that time I couldn't even concentrate I was so consumed with anxiety Mm -hmm. and I had no idea it was and it was really all consuming so I, I did go to the doctors and I sat in the waiting room and I felt right crap I was like what yeah. am I? What am I even going to say? Like, why am I here? What? What? Am, I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, of course. Because all of this is brand new, isn't it, yeah. for you? And you have to then be vulnerable and ask for help. And but you're not necessarily sure. I imagine, you know, for what you're asking. For yeah, exactly. With, exactly. Exactly. You think, oh, is this normal of just having a high pressure job? Yeah. Or is this actually? Am I actually ill? Like, I didn't. I didn't know. That's why yeah. I try and share about symptoms and signs. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was really tough, really tough yeah, to define. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of went in and I was like, oh, you know, my boss has sent me. But as soon as I said them words, floodgates, you know, I was so emotional. And then they take you through this questionnaire of all these symptoms. Well, I think I ticked every box sure. um, that was possible. So quick, quick tick list, just for yeah. anybody listening. Yeah, do um, please. That's my, brilliant. My Friday night wine consumption ended up being Thursday night is almost the weekend. Wednesday yeah. was, oh my God, I've had a hard day. I deserve a glass of wine. To, mm-hmm. you know, Tuesday and Monday, I was masking my symptoms with wine. I mean, I'm not talking like three bottles a night, but I'd have no. one mm-hmm. that would feel like a bit warm and cozy, like a bit of a hug for me. And yeah. then I'd have another one because I was like that one felt really good and I'm like well fuck it there's um there's a third glass in the bottle I might as well just have it so yeah. I ended up having like a bottle of wine a night and that is really common um, yeah for people to mask their symptoms they think it's the only way to go to sleep so yeah, my sleep had started to suffer I couldn't get to sleep because my mind was just constantly worrying and I was sending myself emails and writing myself notes I couldn't switch off yeah. I felt guilty if I sat down on the sofa because there was always something to do. Like that is a distraction method from your feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I had hideous tension in my shoulders and my neck. Uh, I was grinding my teeth, my pain in my jaw. Um, I felt like someone was sitting on my chest constantly and I was like gasping for breath. And when I bre- mm-hmm. breathed in, I didn't feel like I could breathe in far enough. And it was like yeah. was pain in my chest almost. Oh, so horrible. Heart palpitations, um, like that brain fog where you can't concentrate, irritability, um, like there is endless uh, symptoms. Being really jumpy, 
um, like my nerves, you know, like really loud noises, and you abs- I was I absolute shit my pants if a car had come in yeah, and yeah. I was driving. Yeah. Um, you know, just an endless list of symptoms. Um, but yeah, and then he said to me, you know, I really think you need some time out. Um, I'm going to sign you off for two weeks, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you know, when you go on holiday, you're like freaking plan for it for like yeah. For whenever you've got all your folders laid out with all the labels of each day and the diary and you've delegated and you're yeah. this is the what if and the out of office. I had none of that. And so I you tried... basically had the rug taken out from under you. Oh. And that's it when you're feeling out of control and anyway. anyway, yeah, for someone to say, Right, that's it, two weeks and you can't go to work for two weeks, you need to take this time for yourself. How did you cope with that? Because I that didn't. must feel counterintuitive when you're feeling like you need to get on with things. Yeah, I absolutely didn't cope with that at all. Uh, it oh. felt like the worst feeling ever. Um, one, because I hadn't planned for it. Two, I didn't think that anyone could possibly cope without me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was, yeah, I was just left at home, you know, from someone that's been busying around for God knows how long, um, distracting themselves from their feelings. I was there, there left at home no one in the house with just my crazy head um, yeah. and all my feelings and it was torture absolutely so overwhelming I'm sure oh my god it was it, honestly and and then it just felt like it hit me even more with a brick it was yeah it was really awful um, it got worse did it before it started to get better do you think absolutely absolutely right. I had mm. um you know I was on anti-anxiety drugs on antidepressants um, I had to take sleeping tablets and then wrongly and don't ever do this. I was drinking on top of them because I just wanted to escape my feelings. And yeah. just it was so exhausting. So exhausting. Um, I was off for three months in the end. And, um, you know, next were incredibly supportive. So was my director who visited me personally at home. Oh, amazing. And, um, yeah, that I had some CBT therapy. Right. Um, so yeah, that was. Uh-huh. You had three months, sorry, in total then yeah. off work. Yeah. And how did you start to put things in place? I suppose you know it's a slow process, isn't it, to to start to recover and to start to allow yourself to have those emotions, which, from my experience of situations like that, I was trying to avoid anyway. And really, the last thing I would have wanted to do was to be left alone with them and to have to try and work through them and to find some way out of all of it. How did you start, do you think, to take some steps or was it things other people suggested that encouraged you to do things differently? Or was it you and your kind of your natural ability for kind of problem solving and looking at the bigger picture? How did you start to sort of piece things together to move yourself out of that situation because it's a long process isn't it it's not an easy you know it's not like right tomorrow I'm going to do this and I'll feel better it's a completely different scenario I imagine it is because you don't have that strength at that time and you don't actually have room in your brain for another thought like that like everything is a you're more focused on kicking yourself um yeah in every way possible about why you're feeling like that how you know god you're just the negative self-talk is just too consuming to even think about taking positive steps forward yeah out of control yeah um but i think that's where therapy um well 
there's a bit of a people are in mixed opinions about taking medication but for me and a lot of others um it's not this bad thing that people think it is um you know it's it's not addictive um you don't have to stay on them for life but it takes the edge off how you're feeling and it certainly did for me and just gave me a level to work from um yes and so that along with therapy just gave me some space to kind of collect my thoughts or he was pointing stuff out to me about why my mind is the way that it is and because I'm that typical a-class personality a-type personality yeah um you know we do put so much pressures on ourselves, and I didn't realize how negative self-talk impacts you so uh, badly um like there was just lots of aha moments and from there it just builds up super super slow um in terms of because I didn't want to go out and I didn't even want to see people at this time I lived so close to my head office uh, the next head office that I thought if anybody saw me they think I'm well yeah and I didn't want to put like makeup on or anything because I thought well if people see me they're gonna think I'm okay yeah I understand (laughs) that that's the thing about having a mental illness like you actually want to get dressed and put your makeup on to make yourself feel a bit better, don't you? But yeah, of course. Then actually, you don't want to do that because if anybody sees you and they know you're off sick, then they're going to think, oh, well, what's she off sick for? She's all right. And it's yeah, just... Yeah, completely. That's such a difficult situation to be in, though, isn't it? Because mm. it's worrying about how other people are perceiving your situation and like you said is it serious is it not how are they feeling now there's a lot of scrutiny isn't there in situations like that which must be really painful it is when you're in that you're feeling that vulnerable and that yes. low like yes. now I wouldn't give two hoops no 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 not <laughs> um, now I know, completely get that yeah it's so it's so so hard when you're in that position but I would say it's just about taking and I, I say this quite a lot about taking small steps small steps in the right direction and they build up they build up over time so going out just for a walk and I'd just go there's a a disused railway track just near where I live so I'd go for a walk because I knew that being outside was good for me so I just started dipping into looking at books um, or um, learning about why I felt the way that I did Mm -hmm. Um, and it's even when you are when you're so consumed it's quite actually hard to read as well yeah and it's quite it's hard focused. to do mindfulness and it's really hard to do mindfulness like so a lot of people I talk about meditation but unfortunately if you are really consumed with a lot of like rumination of thoughts it is torture it's so so hard you actually have to do a bit of work before you can even get to that place yeah I think you're right yeah for a lot of people I think meditation is a really tricky subject that it you know it seems you know so many benefits aren't there so many health benefits and it's so positive in so many ways but it can also just be another way to kind of beat yourself up that you can't quiet your thoughts or you can't sit for 10 minutes and not think about anything and so it then can be just completely counterproductive so I think people think you have to have an empty mind though but it's not about shutting thoughts off it's like pass through and yeah. Um, meditation is a practice like you yeah. just expect to do one session and oh yeah this is great but it's not <laughs> a practice every yeah, single of course. day you do two you do five sometimes yeah. you have good sessions sometimes you won't but 
that was the start of me learning about all these things that I love so much now but what I say to people when I did my speaking event is the difference between then and now so I had um had really I had some anxiety at the beginning of this year panic attacks and then a really bad bout of depression and the difference between how I've recovered this time and that time is the fact that I have been consistent and disciplined with all of my self-care since the day that I recovered yeah and I've continued and now I've continued to oh my god absolutely thrive I'm the happiest I've ever ever been and it's a what it's something you have to work at every single day but yeah. it, it becomes joyful and it becomes a, a really amazing habit and it becomes an ingrained part of your life and I try to tell people how amazing it is and don't let yourself get to the lowest ebb because then it is as I've just said it's such a drawn out long process to get back to wellness like if you start to take care of yourself now you know it's not going to be as hard and it's 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 just so so important we're ingrained as children to care for our bodies like brushing our teeth Mm -hmm. and brushing our hair but where are we looking after our minds and like we without our minds we can't even do the physical absolutely but it it must it sounds like you know you've been through a huge learning process for yourself of how to look after yourself as best you can every day and how to like you said earlier you know listen to things that kind of nourish you rather than take away from what you're trying to bring to the world and then listening to fabulous music and you know just giving yourself the space and the time to to understand yourself better and Mm -hmm. I know that you know that the journey there may not have been an easy one at all but it sounds like you've really taken all of these things and been able to channel this energy in a different way for yourself which must be really exciting and so kind of reassuring to know that you know how to look after yourself in a different way absolutely and yeah I really love it and enjoy it and which is why I want to share it with so many people and help help others because I feel like I've got such a such a system now like a real proven system that I know works and works so well for me and it still evolves and it gets better like I'm still fine-tuning it when I learn and find out about new things yeah of course but I want to share that with other assistants and show them that there is a different life from overwhelm and stress and burnout and feeling the way that they do right now and when you feel like this you feel like you've got even more time in the world like in more time in your role and the success is that you can have in your career or whatever it what is you want to do in life like it's all there for the taking like we don't have to just you know go through this nine to five thinking with slaves to the routine like there is joy and in every single day and it yeah, all absolutely. starts with our minds it all starts with our mindsets and so all of this brought you to the mindful assistant didn't it yeah can you <laughs> tell me a bit about it so that everybody knows exactly exactly what it is that you're doing at the moment oh absolutely so um as you can tell i am super super excited and passionate about my consistent work yeah Um, it just feels like this is what I was born to do um I just love it so much so when I came out of my darkness um Mm -hmm. as I say earlier this year Mm -hmm. um it was like an emotional awakening like 
I just thought, I don't ever, ever, ever want to feel that bad again. And when yeah. you feel like dead inside and everything's grey and you're used to being quite a vibrant, positive person, when you start to feel that or see those things again, you are so grateful to be alive. I know yeah. it sounds super cheesy. No, not um, at all. I understand from my own experience. It, it really does. It It's like, it's it's just like a completely different world isn't it and you think yeah oh, that this is amazing I feel like this again not you know just it has come back yeah yeah and that's why you feel that's why I do the gratitude thing on my Instagram so much like let's just be grateful like oh my god there's so much to be grateful for yeah, um absolutely. And my old director written actually used to say to me what are you going to do Amy like because um, I knew that I always wanted to like run my own business or mm-hmm. um, do something to help others and he was like why don't you coach assistants like you're so amazing with your team and I know that you really love doing it and flipping how you coach me every day <laughs> um, <laughs> so sweet yeah so I was like I just don't know what it looks like I don't know what it feels like you know I'm so 100% into it 110% my friends call me 100% Amy in everything <laughs> everything I do and it was doing my head in that I didn't know what it was yeah because if I knew what it was I would have gone and got it I yeah know, I already would have been driven to do it so anyway I come out of this state and I was like oh my god what can I do so I was just like brainstorming I knew I wanted it to be about mental health and helping others um and I knew that I wanted it to be for assistance because mm-hmm. we work in silos we think you know we can't share with our colleagues and we don't feel like we can share with our execs because we have to have a certain mask or this persona you know we've got it all in control so I thought I want to create a community where we can share how we're feeling because I knew that most of us would be feeling in the same way yeah and that might help people or if I share my self-care tips that that might help them or how can I encourage them to get help or show them what the symptoms look like how can I educate them and it was like so my tagline was you're taking care of your execs you're taking care of your family and your kids and you want to be the best friend and colleague and but who's taking care of you Mm -hmm. like ask yourself that question how are you really who's taking care of you and when I did start to ask that question it was just like oh my god so I set up my Instagram platform um my Facebook and I've got a group over on LinkedIn um and I started to do speaker events so my first speaker event, I think, was like two months, eight weeks or something after I started. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> it was really scary. So yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm super confident um, in a, I hope, definitely not an arrogant way. I can't stand arrogance. But, yeah, no, not um, at all. I'm a confident person. I'm a confident assistant. But yeah. take you out and put you into another space is and I used to admire so many people that stood and talked. I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to do that. But, God, yeah. I would never have con- even in dreamt in a million years that I would have done it. But I just thought I need to share this message. I'm super passionate about it. And I just need to go for it. And I, I just thought if I put myself in the, sh- the seat of somebody that's sitting watching that, they've chose to be there. I'm a, I'm a fellow assistant. And you know what I've always admired someone that stood there so no one's going to be thinking bad things about me and do you know what I just need to step into fear now because nothing's Mm -hmm. scarier than being being depressed and wanting to take your own life Um, and to be honest I've adopted that with everything that I'm doing right now a lot of stuff feels scary like I'll put a post out about how I'm feeling so you know I'm not 
a happy clapper every day I, I know do, uh, I've got strategies to to help me stay positive but you know I still am growing in every day and oh, yeah it's so, so um, incredible I think you're so right though that you know it's so easy isn't it to sort of say put yourself in in situations that um you know you might be a bit frightened of every day and but when you start to get into the habit of doing it, the fear really does kind of dissipate, doesn't it? And yeah, then, there's always, absolutely. then there's always something else that's going to be frightening to do the next time, you know, and it's mm. only frightening because it's the first time that you're doing it. So you're learning something new. If you can try and reframe it a bit, I think, then it's all it about reframing. You... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know from my own life, I've had to do a lot of reframing. In my yeah, own life, but it's like so, that yeah. speaking up in the meeting, you know, yeah. back then I didn't have a voice and I felt scared or the first yeah. time you walk into a boardroom and it's full of grey suited men and you're an assistant, that's a bit scary. Or It's really time, scary. Yeah, there's loads of different situations that feel scary, but then after you've done them, yeah. oh my God, the reward of that feeling is so much better. So, yeah, it's just grown like so much. Um, I, I'm so grateful for the response and the community and the people that are following me and supporting me and coming to my events. Like um, the messages that I receive every day, it honestly, oh, I love it. And it, it helps me stay well. It helps me thrive and it helps me um, put out content that I know I'm practicing. Like yes. I have to practice what I'm pe- preaching. So it keeps me on track um and then so I've decided I decided that not only did I want to do this but I do want to throw myself into coaching like I know that I've got so much experience as an assistant and I know that I have got a really powerful mindset and I know I've got really great systems that I can teach others and I've got the energy to bring them along on my journey with me and I can go on their journey with them and I really love that so um I joined very good I decided to invest in myself and it's the best decision I've ever made. When I was depressed, I didn't even want to spend £60 on getting therapy. I was like, oh, yeah. no, that's too much. It's too much for my family, Yeah, um, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's and so then, easily done to feel that way, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. to get to commit to something as well, a regular commitment to something when you're feeling like that is really, really difficult. I totally yeah. get that. My friends did an intervention and actually put some money in my bank account for therapy because I didn't feel worthy enough of doing it. Oh, wow. That is so lovely. <laughs> they were like, well, you're not arguing oh, with me, don't. Oh, don't. That's so, so I know. Lovely. Honestly, they are the most amazing friends. And they, they were friends that aren't naturally in the same group of friends, if you know what I mean. Yes. So yeah. they actually cross, like, managed to, communicate with other of my best friends like a group I think there's about six of them and all put in money so I managed to get a block course um and you know that was absolutely the start of my recovery and I feel quite teary yeah God, I do listening to it yeah. that is such a lovely gesture isn't it and so supportive I mean you couldn't really demonstrate your support in any other way could you any better way I mean no, that's just incredible yeah and so I mean, I know from looking at your Instagram and everything, I, you know, the messages that you have for people and the positivity and the enthusiasm that you can tell is so genuine, is really yes. powerful. And for me, as you know, you know, I'm not an assistant, but I get so much from it because it feels so real and true. You know, there's lots of people that's putting stuff out there that's like positive and 
you know, try this and do this. And, but you just don't get the same kind of feeling of intention as I think oh, that you can really see nice from what you do. No, it's so true. And I think, you know, I know that you know, assistants, as you said, are in such a difficult position sometimes within a business. They could be the only assistant within the business or they could be managing a team that they, they weren't expecting to manage and they don't necessarily feel they've got the confidence or the skill set to deal with those kind of situations. There's loads of different variables, aren't there? Along with mm. all the brilliant things about being an assistant and being able to work in different industries and all those things that we've touched on. What do you think, you know, what do you hear from people that you're coaching that they struggle with? Because you know, there are commonalities, aren't there, in, in all industries of things that people find tricky. But, you know, I know that when I speak to people, you know, salary is really, really difficult one for people to talk about or being able to have, you know, good communication lines with their boss. You know, these are things that I hear about a lot and feeling, you know, not necessarily confident enough to participate in a business because they haven't necessarily been given the platform or the space to do that. Mm. You know, there's lots of boundary issues, I think, aren't there for, for assistance? And a lot of it, it seems to me, are things that people have to, you know, make space for themselves in a business or in a role, which can be really do you know, really difficult to do when you don't have other people to set an example for you to do it or yeah how do people cope with these kind of challenges do you think do you know what I think yeah and I think that's why networking is so important because you can see and hear about what others are doing and how they manage challenging situations yeah um I absolutely the big things that ring um I hear most are it's lack of confidence or lack Mm -hmm. of belief and self-worth to speak up when something doesn't feel right to them or to challenge or to feel worthy enough to ask for that pay rise or yeah. to think that they've got a choice like mm-hmm. what they, they're putting up with um, they've tried various things to um, make a, a situation better at work mm-hmm. um, and it's not changing but they're standing still they're still not prepared to make the choice to leave or find other employment um and don't know how to sell themselves don't know how to look at their strengths because they haven't got that they a lot of them think that um speaking about themselves in a in a good way is almost arrogant yes and it's not it's totally like you do the most amazing roles you have the most incredible skill sets if you've really thought about what you do every day and have have done over Mm -hmm. the span of your career and we're not standing in our power and saying fucking hell this is you are a shadow of your ceo or your managing director or whatever that is like own that it's huge it's really really impressive i I know i'm talking to people reading people's cvs it's really impressive. It really it's is incredible. What assistants do. It's really no, amazing. There's no one assistant. Like we all are beautiful in our own way or very unique in our own way. We all have different strengths that pull yes, for totally. different things. So own your strengths as well. Own your zone of genius. But yeah. and I've been hearing a lot lately about, oh, you know, our, our profession isn't valued. And, you know, that infuriating uh, article from KPMG about the expenses yes. there, yeah. market, you know. But if we 
in our roles in every role across the UK or, or the world and we're not speaking up as assistants or owning it in, and being confident and showing them what we can do and asking for the salaries when we go to these new jobs and putting ourselves forward and telling people how much uh, we're worth and how mm-hmm. much value we can bring to their business if we're not all shouting about that from the rooftops then why is anybody going to think any different it's not for them to decide what our profession is it's for is to show them and um that comes with confidence and it comes with self-belief and self-worth and that is mindset work it all comes going to be able to get a lot of strategies from you aren't they and understand how they can move move things forward for themselves what kind of things do you offer you know I know you're on Instagram and god there's so much kind of free information that you put out there about not just what you do but you know what you do every day for yourself but you know information about strategies about how to kind of look after yourself what kind of other things do you offer at the moment for people Uh, so I started sort of um um and I started an assistant program a coaching program so I do one-to-one which is um like a higher higher price but then Mm -hmm. my assistant program I wanted to be affordable and I am also part of a coaching program myself and it's a group program wow so much so much joy and so much from the other people in that group like loads yeah. so I wanted to create something similar but that was affordable for assistance so um I have a, a group um that come together every week um it's an eight-week program and we move through um sort of mindset and career and it's it's tailored really to what their goals are and I will support in whatever that looks like for them wow, um, that's so incredible. we do a lot of sort of yeah take them through like all the rituals and how they can reframe their thoughts and how they're feeling and how they can move through their fears and build confidence um like I'm helping one client at the moment she's building a VA business um Mm -hmm. and moving out there's another one that I'm helping build her personal development plan and how to have those conversations and but you've got to do the foundation work with your mindset you don't you've got to believe all these things are possible for yourself yeah Um, and I'm really high touch. So we have one hour group call every week and you've got access to the private Facebook group. So you can create this community yourself and you're all going through sort of the same same process. So you mm-hmm. can relate to, oh, my God, I'm still I'm getting a bit of a block on this or whatever. And we're like, so I'm in the group and I help and support them. And I'm on WhatsApp like I've just had two lovely messages pop up actually while we're talking because I sent them little voice notes every morning like happy Friday. Can't wait to speak to you later on. And, yeah. you know, I want to keep That's their so nice just to have someone on that journey with you and making you accountable for your actions to help you move forward. Um, yeah. I just it makes think... all the difference, though, doesn't it? I mean, it's the difference between really being able to move forward and staying exactly where you are. It, that accountability and someone who's just enthusiastic about you. I mean, a lot of people don't feel that they have that kind of support, do they? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was totally had my therapist sort of pulling me along. Um, but then after that, I was on my own and I didn't yeah. have anybody like that. And I didn't have anybody that got what we do, like an assistant gets what we do. I had no exactly what they're going through or what they're having to deal with at work or the challenges that they've got so having someone that they can relate to fully I think mm-hmm. I wanted to give that to them um, that's amazing 
so yeah I do um, do my coaching for assistance and I've just started working for small businesses as well um so in yeah incredible I just love being able to help people make positive change in their life um, so loads on for you at the moment yeah you got an event on as well haven't you coming up Yes, yeah, so my first full day event, uh, which I'm wow. really, really excited about. I want it to be really immersive and high vibe, like not stuffy corporate. Um, no. And create community and relationships in there as well that people can make contacts and, yeah. you know, make relationships outside of that event. And um, I've got guest speakers and goodie bags, includes all the food. And it's an amazing event called, um, a, a venue called Resorts World in Birmingham. So wow. people can train it in. It's connected, well connected by the motorway networks and stuff like that. So um, it's going to be a fantastic day. I'm so, so excited. Um, yeah. So if they haven't got the tickets, you can find them on my Facebook or through my Instagram. But um, anyone can contact me anytime about anything anyway. I'm totally um, always answering my messages, as you know, Hen. No, I know that you are all the time. <laughs> I send you a message and two minutes later, I've got a response. I can't believe it. You're like the quickest ever person to respond to any of my messages and always super positive and encouraging about what I'm doing too which I really really appreciate I mean you kind of you give out that enthusiasm and energy to everybody and kindness you know and I think I've really been able to see that firsthand and I really really appreciate it it's meant a lot to me too and I we'll just think it's your... women, women that are doing things like women don't support each other enough. I'm totally about collaboration over competition. Like, yeah, we can all help each other grow and yeah. ce- celebrate each other and our successes and what we're doing. And the kindness to me is like the biggest thing in my life. Like, I love to just be kind and do everything from a place of love because yeah. that makes me feel good and it makes other people feel good. And that's what it amazing. really does. It really, really does. And there's space for all of us, you know, to kind of support each other and Absolutely. to be encouraging. And you don't know, do you, when you kind of reach out to someone, what it means to them in their life. No, and, absolutely. You, know, you just don't realise. Like, the <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put all the information about how people can contact you in the show notes. Thanks so, so much. So they can get in touch with you and information about the event as well which I know is going to be amazing and I'm really sad that I can't make it but I'm oh, hoping to come to the next one yeah definitely I really really want to do that and um I think it's been so kind of you to share you know so much personal information about what you've been through because I know that people are going through that now and aren't sure how to move forward and it's a really really difficult place to be isn't it yeah so and lonely and so to have that kind of the courage to be able to talk about what you've been through so openly is really really wonderful because it's brought you to this really incredible place as well hasn't it yeah and I want it for others as well I want it for others as well I know Um, you really really do you can really feel that it is possible to get out oh, of the, the darkness that anybody might be feeling right now just know that brighter days are coming um yeah just keep that hope oh so beautiful thank you so much for speaking no to me i have so loved much, it i really appreciate it it's, been it's really brilliant. fantastic oh you're so great and you've just oh, it's been really really good fun if you're interested in connecting with amy and i think you should you can find her on instagram the mindful assistant uk on Facebook and LinkedIn, where she shares tips, strategies, and general infectious positivity. 
You can also email her directly on the Mindful Assistant 100. That's the Mindful Assistant 100 at gmail.com. Amy has various events lined up in the coming weeks. An in-person high vibe event called Rise Up on the 23rd of November at Resorts World in Birmingham. Tickets can be purchased for just £57. For a full day of inspiring content, helping you to reframe negative thoughts, reset from burnout, ramp up your confidence levels and performance. They're super simple strategies to use in your everyday. She's also hosting a free live masterclass on time management mastery next Tuesday the 19th of November at half past 8 um, p.m. in UK time. So please drop her a message if you're wanting to register for the event. And finally, she has really generously offered 10% off her eight-week group coaching program for assistance, which is receiving rave reviews. So this will be just £268 for the first 15 applications who listen to assistance stories. If you're interested in starting 2020 with her amazing support, then please follow the links in the show notes and quote mindful 10 to receive the discount.